All right, let's go into your next patient. So this is a 61-year-old male who came in to my office for the first time in January of 2008. And his history is complex. I mean, this is something we're seeing or I have been seeing a lot more of, sort of anal rectal health. We're seeing more and more people with hemorrhoids and polyps and tumors that arise in a hemorrhoid or squamous cell carcinomas of the rectum and the anal verge, not the canal, not the sphincter. I mean, just a different entity going on. And he's one of these people. He has had, as he outlined for us today, over the last, what, 40 years, multiple, multiple, multiple problems, interventions with bowel movements and incontinence and rectal prolapse and multiple hemorrhoidectomies and rubber banding. And I mean, we can't even document how many times he's had it, but it's at least 20 different interventions for symptoms related to his rectum. Anyway, back in August of 07, he had one of his hemorrhoidectomies and it was removed. And at the same time, a rectal prolapse was fixed. And at that time, the pathology came back, hemorrhoid, no problems. He kind of still complained of where this hemorrhoid had been banded and removed, some granulation tissue, long and short of it. Four months later, back to his colonoscopist who biopsied this region, and it's an adenocarcinoma. And in retrospect, they went back to the hemorrhoidal tissue from August, and yeah, they saw some very small foci of adenocarcinomas at the periphery of what they thought was this hemorrhoid sample. He had then sort of a local process where they excised this tumor and ablated it and froze it, and the staging came back as a T2, so it had invaded into the muscularis. But with this ablative process, this local therapy, the margins had been thought to be pretty good. Hard to say because a lot of this is dead tissue or bladed tissue. But the colonoscopist is a good rectal surgeon, thought that this was a disease that was pretty well locally controlled. But he came to us for thoughts and he sought out a number of other opinions. Anyway, the standard opinion would be, well, if this is a adenocarcinoma and involves the rectal canal, you should have an APR and lymph node dissections and take it from there. He just refused to have a colostomy, just didn't want to hear it. He understood that that was the standard of care or the standard recommendation of care, but he elected not to. And he elected instead to be followed every two to three months. And the outline was that he was going to see the colorectal guy who's going to get endoscopic ultrasounds. He'd have sigmoidoscopies or analoscopies and biopsy anything that came back abnormal. And we'll follow him very carefully. What was his support system? What kind of work was he doing? He was now retired. He had worked as a salesman all his life, pretty successful. He's now retired, keeping copious notes of his disease and his, his entities that go on. His wife, his wife has been into our office on a couple of occasions, and she kind of agreed that she was going to support his decision not to follow through with at least the AP resection. He came dressed up to a team today. I mean, he was in like what we have to walk around at Mayo Clinic. You know, he was dressed up in a suit and with a tie, very meticulous. Very meticulous. Very meticulous. Anyway, so Neil, we followed him. We did baseline CEAs. His baseline CEAs, a smoker was like in the mid twos, high twos. So every three months we saw him and every three months we saw his colorectal people. And long and short, about a year. So come this December, his CEA, surprisingly, goes up Steadily, from two, three, five, seven. The exam of the rectal area, perfectly normal. Nothing, nothing there. And we do a PET CT scan, and he has a single foci of hypermetabolic activity in his left inguinal lymph node. Very small, 
We kind of looked at it again. This is microscopic, but very small, not microscopic, but very small. And he has a lot of other issues. He has herpes zoster involving the sacral nerve root, so that flares, and he gets inguinal adenopathy when that's up and down. We weren't quite sure what this was, but long and short of it, the recommendation was to take it out. So this was removed, and the nose were removed, and the came back positive for adenocarcinoma consistent with the cancer. It looked very much similar to the tumor that was seen a year ago. Does rectal cancer go to the inguinal nodes, Axel? You know, that's one of the things we talked about today. What's the origin of this adenocarcinoma? Um, rectal cancer normally does not go to the inguinal nodes. Having said that, this patient, and I couldn't come up with a better explanation, as it's almost like a Barrett's of the anal canal. I mean, we talk about the Barrett's esophagus as constant inflammatory response to reflux, you know, and he had a 30-plus-year history of inflammatory processes, resections, cauterizations, bandings in his anal region. So I can easily see that there could be some metaplasia of tissue, you know, reaching down actually below the sphincter, and then you open the door for any lymphatic spread to the inguinal lymph nodes. And so the metastatic pattern was more like an anal cancer. The histology and probably the biology, probably more like a rectal cancer. And this is the conundrum you're facing when there's really no standard of care for those patients. So where is he right now? So after he had this done, we said, well, you know, we know you have disease that was in the inguinal canal. We've removed it. There's not bulky disease there. But we treated him with post-operative or post-inguinal dissection of, with radiation therapy to the bilateral inguinal canal, the pelvic, and to the rectum, to the site of his original tumor, with six weeks of treatment and boost to the appropriate areas, and Zolota, concomitant Zolota. And he tolerated this pretty well. He has some diarrhea. He's always had diarrhea. He always has issues. But he got through it pretty well. And he's developed a little bit of uh, lymphedema related to both the surgery and his radiation. But his performance status is excellent. He looks good. He feels good. His CEA, which had been up in the 7 range, has come down into the mid-3 range, not down to the 2 range. And Axel and I were talking about he's just finished his radiation about four to six weeks ago. Would he be a candidate? Is this someone that we should approach for in an adjuvant setting, looking at a 5-FU-based chemotherapy, because he does have this adenocarcinoma, though this is an adenocarcinoma of not the anal canal or the sphincter, but this anal verge area. And they do behave, obviously, more like these squamous cell tumors of the anal area, the basaloid tumors. I mean, when I look at the rationale for giving chemotherapy, he had his local lymph node system removed now, which was positive. I mean, for such a low rectal cancer, inguinal lymph nodes are the primary side of lymphatic spread. So if this was colon cancer, he had an N-plus disease, you know, with a local regional lymph node resected. No further evidence of disease, so why not treat this like what you would do with a rectal cancer? We have to keep in mind these patients also, when they recur as metastatic disease, are much more likely to have lung metastasis than liver metastasis. We know that from rectal cancer in general, but the lower rectal cancer is, the more likely you have lung compared to liver metastasis.